episode 96 for March 2010. Hey there, webheads. Welcome back. Now, in this episode, I'm doing my first in-person interview with the comic celebrity. In the past, I've always interviewed people through Skype on my computer. So folks like Stan Lee and Tom DeFalco are on their phones when I'm talking to them. However, with this one, the writer Jason Aaron came to town for our local comic book convention, which is called the HurleyCon. So I interviewed him with the Voice Memo app on my iPhone. So it's awesome to talk to Jason about his upcoming Spider-Man book. Now before we start the show, I need to give a shout out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Now to coincide with the interview, they're offering a special 75% off the cover price of the first issue of the Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine miniseries. Now the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $0.99. Yep, I said that right, $0.99. That's practically 1980s pricing. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com and tell them the Spider-Man Crawl Space sent you. Okay, welcome back, Webheads. We're broadcasting from the Hurley Comic Con in Joplin, Missouri. And I'd say the headliner for the con is Jason Aaron. Jason, appreciate you coming down to Joplin. It's, it's, it's always a great time in Joplin. And hometown's Kansas City, right? Is that Or you, you live in Kansas City, but your hometown's Alabama? Right, yeah, I'm originally from Alabama, but I've been in Kansas City for about, I guess, 10 years now. Right, okay. And you, when you think of writers, are they usually on the east and the west coast? I mean, is there a lot in the Midwest? I don't know. We we have a lot of comic creators in Kansas City. I found yeah. since moving here. Yeah, uh, I think you know Portland is like the hotbed right now. Yeah. Is that where is that where Bendis is from? Yeah. I think. That's where he lives. Yeah, okay. I don't know where he's from. Right, uh, but you know, screw screw Portland. Like we were, <laughs> we're perfectly happy here in Kansas City. Uh, we've got a great group of, of writers and artists here. So you know, we don't we don't need any of those Portland people. Now, when you when you grew up in Alabama, was there a certain comic book shop, or how did you get exposed to comics as a kid? Well, uh, I didn't go to a comic book shop probably until I was about 16, 15 or 16. So, you know, I bought comics off the newsstand, like the grocery store, the convenience store. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, I went through a whole series of comic book stores in Alabama. Um, but, yeah, you know, there, there's still some really good ones there. And, uh, around, around Birmingham is kind of where I grew up. And I and I, I grew up with the spinner rack back in the day. Did you have spinner racks? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The Eckerd Drug Drugstore, the uh, local convenience store, even the Walmart, where I bought all my comics. Awesome. Now, talk about how many years you've been in the industry and how'd you break in? Uh, well, I I broke in really with the Marvel Talent Search. Uh, I won a Marvel Talent Search back in 2001. I got to do a short little Wolverine story at the time. Which d- didn't lead to anything else, but just encouraged me to start pitching things. And uh, mm-hmm. first, first book, first pitch I got accepted was a Vietnam War book called The Other Side that I did at Vertigo, okay. uh, and that led to me doing Scout, which is an ongoing series. It's up to you know issue thirty-five now at Vertigo, and yeah. those two things together have really brought me back to Marvel and led led to you know everything else I've, I've done since then. Now the Marvel talent search is that 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 cover that's half drawn by Romita uh, Jr. that has Doc Ock and Spider-Man on the cover. No, that was the Marvel tryout book. Oh, okay. That was okay. Mark Bagley won that. All right. Okay. Um, mine was a, a contest they did at just one summer summer of 2001 at the Wizard World Chicago Convention in San Diego Comic Con where they picked a couple of writers and artists. Uh, and you got to do a short little, I uh, did an eight-page Wolverine story. 
Okay. Now talk a bit about, since this is a Spider-Man podcast, talk a bit about your history with the web. Do you remember your first exposure to him? Was it the, the 70s or the Electric Company or Amazing Friends? It probably was Electric Company, now yeah. that I think about it. Um, I, I remember some of those segments from Electric Company very vividly, mm-hmm. which I probably haven't seen them in you know, decades. But I, yeah. especially there was one with the Abominable Snowman where he was going <laughs> around and sitting on people's ice cream cones. Yeah, I remember that. Um, <laughs> and I, I had a lot of those uh, Spidey Super Stories comics mm-hmm. that they did yeah. with the Easy Reader logo on the front. <laughs> with Morgan Freeman, yeah. Right. Um, they have a lot of those up on YouTube. I've posted a few on my oh, site really? over the years. Yeah, it's amazing. When you're a little kid, those look like incredible. But, you know, Spider-Man never talked. <laughs> That's right. He would have those. Yeah. He would have the word balloons with, like, weird sound yeah. effects, right? Yeah. And it was like zoinks, and then a word right. balloon would pop up. Yeah. Right. Uh, talk a bit about uh, your first comic exposure to him. When, when did you see him on Electric Company and then go to uh, pick him up off the newsstand or the spinner rack? Um, I don't remember. I, I, you know, really, as a kid, I was... Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I was a bigger <laughs> DC fan. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I know I, you know, got into. I started. I was reading Amazing, like uh, when McFarlane and, and Larson and those guys uh, first kind of took off. Um, but I, I, you know, I was really reading more like New Teen Titans, probably. Uh, but you know, since then I've gone back and, and uh, uh, read a lot more Spider-Man. Well, even at the time, you know, one of one of my all-time favorite Marvel stories mm-hmm. is uh, Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah, love um, that one. I, I still love everything about that story. Um, but but I would, the not comic-wise, but another one of my big exposures to Spider-Man, something that I, I still love, was uh, the Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends cartoon. Yeah. Do you have the action figure? They just came out with a three-pack of the action figure. Oh, no, yeah. I haven't seen those. I'll have to grab those. I, I saw them at uh, Toys R Us the other day in Joplin, over on Rangeland. Go pick that up. <laughs> I will do that. But that, that, was, that was one of my big exposures to Marvel in general, really, because mm-hmm. you know they had episodes with Captain America, with yeah. Namor, with the X-Men. The seven deadly, seven deadly superheroes, I think, or something like that. Right, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So that that exposed me to a lot of Marvel stuff that I yeah. I didn't really know about at the time. Okay. Yeah, let me see. Yep, still going. Um, so, JMD Mateus's run on Craven's last night, with, along with Mike Zach, and they're actually coming back and, and kind of revisiting his family history in the books currently. So. Right. Yeah. 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 I was at the summit, the Marvel summit, where we were talking about Craven. Last year, sometime. Yeah, um, and, uh, yeah I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'll be glad to see once they kind of get all the Craven stuff sorted out in the uh, amazing book because I'd, I'd love to do something with the, the yeah. you know, wh- whichever Cravens there are these days. That guy's potent. He has a lot of kids. Right. There are a lot of Cravens. <laughs> um, talk about your favorite runs. As you said, you went back and read some of them. There's some that stand out for you that's some of your favorites of Amazing. Um, I don't know. I've, I've read a lot of the, the John Romita Jr. stuff, and, uh, which who was the writer back then? Was it uh, in the eighties? Was it Roger Stern? Probably. Well, probably was it Roger Stern or uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, you had the Fal- you had Stern, then you had DeFalco, and right, I think uh, it was more the DeFalco. Didn't he have a, a nice run with John Romita Jr.? He had Ron Friends also. Yeah, so with the black costume. Uh, do you have some runs that you, like everybody? Some people hate the Clone Saga. Some people love the Clone Saga. What? what how do you fall on those? I didn't, I, I didn't read the Clone Saga stuff at the time. Yeah. Um, 
So in terms of like runs that I don't like? Yeah. No, why? Well, even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say I, I really like the stuff that they're doing these days. I, yeah. I, I, Steve, I like Stephen Wacker a lot. I, I haven't really worked with him much. You know, he's a Missouri guy. He's from St. Louis. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he told me that. Yeah. Big St. Louis Cardinal fan. So, and I, you know, I, I like Slot. I've met Dan Slot a few times uh, and Fred Van Linty and those guys. I especially love the artists they've been using on Amazing. I think they've used a great group of, uh, of artists, especially Marcos Martin is one of my favorite favorite guys of the last few years. I love seeing him doing more stuff. Javier Polito, too, is another great artist. And this divides Spider fans through the board, married or unmarried. What do you think? <laughs> you know, I think just whether it's Spider-Man or whoever, just kind of across the board, it's, you know, marrying the characters is just usually not a good idea. I think it, it's kind of like giving characters kids. It, you know, rarely does that ever work, and you put you put characters in places you can never really go back from. So. I, I mean, if I if I was in charge of Spider-Man across the board right now, I would not I would not want him to be married again. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many more stories you can do with him not married than you can with him married. Right. Uh, talk talk about it just was announced. Uh, I guess uh, early in February about your astonishing uh, Spider-Man and Wolverine miniseries. How did that come about? It was really from it was one of the Marvel retreats I was at last year where. Um, we were first talking about the heroic age and really what that was going to mean and the, 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 the change in the status quo sort of for the Marvel Universe. So as part of that, Marvel wanted to do um, some books kind of in the vein of Astonishing X-Men, uh, uh, books that were accessible but still part of the Marvel Universe, uh, focused on big-time characters, bring in an A-list artist to draw it. So... Uh, for, for whatever reason, I was offered, you know, really the first one of these books, uh, which was a, you know, great thrill, a little intimidating and scary, and that you don't want to screw it up right out of the gate. But um, I mean, having Adam, having Adam on board to draw it, uh, makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> and basically, I, it's firm. It's firmly. Whoa! Who just pinched the kid? <laughs> uh, books are firmly set in the Marvel universe. It's not Ultimate Universe. It's not a separate universe, right? No, I mean it's you know it's it's meant to be a, a book that's new reader friendly, um, but I'm, I looked at something like like Astonishing X Men or like Grant Morrison's Marvel Boy miniseries, which are books that are accessible but do, that do still uh, take use of, of the toys that are in the sandbox. Um, so there there are a lot of new and old characters who appear in the course of this book. Um, you know, a lot of old characters with new tweaks on them. There are references to uh, events and items from throughout the Marvel Universe, but always, in a way, hopefully, that's accessible, whether you know what that stuff is beforehand or not. Okay. And it's a, how many issues is it? Six. Six issues. Okay. Six with maybe, you know, could be more uh, after that. Who knows? We kind of see how this goes. Uh, but this, this story is six issues. Okay. And Kubert is an amazing artist. I mean, I don't think he's really had a long run. He did that uh, one shot with Dan Slott recently with the right. list. Uh, what are you seeing? Some of the pages coming in. What are, what's your reaction? Oh, they're jaw dropping. I mean, uh, he's one of those guys from the first moment we worked together. It's like you quickly see, you know, why this guy is such a superstar, and that uh, he, he's amazing to work with. He's very open 
Uh, you know, he's a he's a guy in terms of our careers. I'm like a baby. I'm like a little gnat compared to to everything he's done. But he's always very open, uh, easy to work with. Uh, has seemed really excited about this book. I mean, we did just that, you know, short little um, what basically amounted to one issue over the course of Wolverine seventy three and seventy four. Well, that was the one where he a day in the life of Wolverine. Is that the right, right one? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, and that, that was you know that was my first time ever writing Spider-Man, uh, and so I'm sure that had something to do with me getting this gig. Um, but from from that through that whole process up till now, Adam's been you know very excited to be doing this stuff. And I, I saw on your blog that, uh, or maybe it was a tweet or something like that, you said writing Wolverine is not as hard as Spider-Man. Spider-Man's wordy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I I've spent a lot of my time lately writing Wolverine and Punisher. Who are not exactly, you know, loquacious guys. They, they speak very short sentences. They speak directly to the point. They don't, they're not, they don't usually talk about their feelings. Certainly don't crack a lot of jokes. They're men of action. Right. So yeah, when I now writing a book with with Spider-Man and Wolverine together is, uh, you know, very much a contrast in styles. And the the issue, issue two, um, of the series is actually. Um, uh, very much more focused on Spider-Man than Wolverine, probably. Uh, a lot of Spider-Man narration. So writing Spider-Man narration in, a, in addition to Spider-Man dialogue, you know, I was exhausted by the end of it. It's like this is this is like writing three or four issues of Wolverine. <laughs> and you got to do the wisecracks. I mean, that's essentially the character. I mean, the wisecracks. He's funny. Oh, I was supposed to do wisecracks. <laughs> oh, man, no wisecracks. <laughs> Um, I went for a completely joyless, morose Spider-Man. <laughs> you even put him in the black suit. Just make him all depressed. You know? <laughs> or put a bag on his head. Make He's him like... Really depressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you love the character? Do you want to hope to continue to write him if, if this uh, the reaction from the fans is big? you want to be, become part of the webheads and start working on Amazing? I don't think I could deal with Stephen Wacker on a monthly basis. <laughs> Or, or, or thrice monthly basis, whatever yeah. the book comes out. No, I, I would love to do more stuff with Spider-Man. Um, you know, like I said, I write a lot of Wolverine and Punisher, but I don't want to be the guy who's just stuck writing those characters who hardly speak and who just uh, kill everybody in their path. Um, you know, I, I ho- hopefully this is a, a, a Spider-Man Wolverine story that people will enjoy, but I think even beyond that, I'd love to take a shot at, a, at just a... Uh, a Spider-Man story. Right. And I saw um, on your blog that you um, are researching some books. I saw a cover of the Spider-Man Wolverine one shot from the 80s. I think uh, Christopher Priest wrote that. Uh, is there some other stuff that you're researching? I think I saw Amazing 250 with the Hobgoblin right. fighting. Well, the the, uh, the stuff I was really reading or rereading uh, from that stack was... Uh, Walt Simonson's uh, Fantastic Four run, hmm. um, which I won't tell you how play how it plays in, but the, that was stuff that I loved from back in the day yeah. that I hadn't revisited for a while. Um, but some of that stuff comes into play. Um, there was a Devil Dinosaur book in that stack. You notice that comes into play. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the entire book is a dinosaur fest, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I mean it's really be- beyond anything else I've written. This is the uh, uh, it provided me the opportunity to go as bigger and crazier than anything I've ever done. So you see um, a lot of big-time Marvel U characters from Doctor Doom, Galactus, 
um, as well as a lot of new characters. Um, so it's a, hip, hip No Hustler by chance? Who? Hip, hip No Hustler by chance from the I 70s? Was, I would say yes if I knew who that was. <laughs> you, do, you, do, you do get to, I do sneak in some appearances by the Orb, who's oh. one of the favorite characters I wrote from uh, Ghost Rider. So is it a dude in a uh, uh, eyeball mask, or is he deformed? What happened? It used to be a guy in a in a mask, yeah. which for, the guy had a deformed face, and for some reason he chose to wear a helmet that looked like a giant eyeball. I guess yeah. he thought that was somehow less conspicuous than having a slightly deformed face. But yeah. I write the this is the all new orb where he he uh, pretty much is a dude with a giant eyeball for a head. So don't try, try going don't, in a bar with that. Right. Don't ask me if there's a brain in there. Don't ask me how he talks. He's just a dude with a giant eyeball for a head and. We need to roll with that. I don't know how he blinks or anything. Don't you love comics? You can get away with writing exactly. a dude like that. Well, I mean, it's a, it was in a book with a with a flaming skeleton riding a motorcycle. So at that point, it's a guy with an eyeball for a head really that much of a stretch. Yeah. All right. Well, we've uh, got some message board questions uh, for you. We've got uh, Berserk Fury 819. He wants to know, will we, be, will we be seeing Jigsaw or Barracuda in Punisher Max? Uh. No plans for Jigsaw. I think Jigsaw did pop up in Punisher Max kind of before I started my run. And Barracuda is dead. Um, that said, you know, I'd love Barracuda. If there was ever a way to work in a flashback appearance of Barracuda, assuming, of course, that Garth Ennis was okay with it, I would do that in a heartbeat. And Thrawn from the Star Wars universe is his avatar on the board. He's from Florida. He says, I love Mr. Aaron's Get Mystique Wolverine story arc. How fun was that for you to write, and are you happy with the way it turned out? Because he certainly was, and thanks for your time. Oh, it was a blast. Uh, and I, you know, I've been happy with all the, uh, all the Wolverine stuff I've done, especially the stuff I've done with Ron, Ron Garney. It's another one of those guys that's a joy to work with, and a guy, one of those guys who makes, makes you look good. I mean, I, write, I can write some kind of ridiculous action sequence, and Ron's one of those guys who's able to break it down and make it look believable, like... Uh, Make it look like that could actually happen. So he's he's a joy to work with. And the, the arc we're doing right now um, on Wolverine, uh, which features the the introduction of an all new Deathlock, uh, you know that's a that's an arc I've been really excited about too. And Garney had a great run during Civil War on Amazing with uh, Straczynski. So he's he's a great yeah. artist. And I also say uh, um, I think it's the third issue of of this arc, the Deathlock arc. Yeah, you'll see some Spider-Man. Um, quite a bit of Spider-Man, actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. you're going to get exhausted with the character with all, all those quips. <laughs> it was like two weeks there where I was writing nothing but Spider-Man. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what's uh, style shift? Is the next poster? What's your favorite piece of work that you've done so far, even if it hasn't hit the stands yet? Huh. Well, I mean, just in terms of overall, you know, scalped is is what's kind of closest to my heart, and that's a, that's a creator own series it's uh you know it's my world it's one i get to create from ground up and uh that's a book that's kind of launched my career um in terms of like a specific issue i think the issue that actually just came out issue 35 uh i think is one of one of my favorite issues of the series so far is uh even if you've never read the first any of the first 34 issues it's a, an issue you can pick up and enjoy it's uh, pretty much a Mini OGN in the midst of this ongoing series, 100% standalone story. But I, I was really happy with how that turned out. Is there a piece of Marvel work that, you, that is your favorite so far? 
you know, I usually say that my favorite uh, single issue I've done at Marvel was um, Ghost Rider number, I think it was 34. Mm-hmm. The second issue I did with Tony Moore, uh, which featured, uh, it was basically like a truck driver horror story. Featured the Highwaymen from the old US One series. Yeah, I remember, I read that. That was awesome. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, uh, 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 Tony and I are friends, and we had wanted to work together for a while, and especially on Ghost Rider. So I was really excited when we got to do those three issues together, and that one in particular um, is one of my favorite things I've ever done. And Spider Pool Two Seventy Nine uh, was the title Punisher Max. Your idea, or were you given the book after the name change? Yeah, I had I had no, you know, I. I had no idea about the, the uh, title. Um, they don't really consult me on marketing decisions. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the, uh, I, I don't really care about the title. The title is the title. It's just kind of I love that Dave Johnson logo. Uh, yeah. I think it's gorgeous. Uh, and you got some big shoes to fill with Ennis coming in after him. Yeah, well, I, you know, I from, from when I first came to Marvel, I was always kind of chasing that job. I told my editor, Axel Alonzo, this was around the time that it had been announced that Garth was wrapping up his runs. So I said, you know, I would love to be in the mix for that. So, you, you know, as a creator, that's, that's really exciting. It's, it's intimidating, but it's also exciting to, to just throw your hat in the ring for something like that. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I can, I can never be Garth Ennis. I could never do exactly the kind of book that he does and would never want to try. And, you know, Garth would never want, would never want someone to do that. Um, so it was... I mean, it's a great platform to come in and try to change things up a little bit and do your own thing, something that still, you know, obviously pays homage to, to, to what's come before. And it, you can see in the, my first issue of Punisher Max, I, I referenced things from, uh, from Gar's run. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you've got to still kind of bring something of your own and change it up a little bit. Okay. This next one, he asks if the Punisher Max stories will be flashbacks. And I, I don't think they, I don't think they currently are. I think this is just yeah. telling the story of the new kingpin in that universe. Yeah, I think maybe people were confused. They don't understand that the Max universe is a separate universe, yeah. um, which I think is you know, you know maybe a little hazy and and a lot of uh, Gar stuff. I don't know that they always thought of it as a separate universe, and that he did carry over some stuff from the Marvel Knights universe um, to the to the Max verse. But this is a com- as the book stands today, this is a completely separate universe. This is not the same Kingpin who has appeared in Spider-Man or Daredevil over the years. This is a completely new character. And last question from Spider-Pool is, uh, can you give us any hints, if you didn't already, on the main antagonist of Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine? No. I, if I gave you even a hint, you'd probably know exactly who it was. Yeah. Um, but I'll say, again, over the course of the book, we'll see a lot of villains, uh, new and old. Um yeah. I just got to write uh, uh, an incarnation of Doctor Doom. It's Doctor, a planet-sized version of Doctor Doom, basically. It's sort of as if Doctor Doom was Ego, the Living Planet. Um, where, where was this? Was this in the, the Astonishing book? Yep. Oh wow. Yep. That's awesome. And uh, Wade Wilson, uh, when will we be seeing what Maverick is up to in Wolverine Weapon X? Oh, that's coming. Um, you'll actually see. You'll see some of Maverick. Um, and there's a big, big, the, well, the biggest arc of Wolverine I've written yet starts in September. Um, I can't, if I told you the title of that, it would ruin it. Okay. Um, and Maverick, Maverick makes an appearance in that. In terms of really following up on Maverick's story and on the stuff I laid, the groundwork I laid in that first arc of Weapon X, that's, that stuff is still coming. Okay. 
Uh, what character do you enjoy writing the most? Um, I don't know. That's hard. I, I of the characters I've I, I've only written a little bit. Probably the thing is is the character. I it's one of my favorite characters and one I've been dying to do more stuff with. So I, I worked him actually into a recent issue of Weapon X into an upcoming arc, a, a cu- upcoming issue in that Deathlock arc. Actually, the same one that's got a lot of Spider Man. It's got some thing in it. Uh, you got to work the poker game in. <laughs> oh, I would, I would, I could do twenty-two pages of a poker game, easy. Awesome. Um, are there any characters you would like to write that you haven't had a chance yet? Um. Uh, yeah, I would. Um, beyond the thing, who I've gotten to write a little bit. Uh, um, I just wrote a little bit of both Steve Rogers and Bucky, Bucky Cap. That was a big thrill. I've been anxious to do something with those guys. Beyond that, you know, I'd love, uh, I really like Longshot. Um, I'd love especially that original uh, Ann Nonsenti, Art Adams miniseries. I'd love to, do, love to do something with him. And he also has to comment on the awesomeness of your beard. He gave you a little Spider-Man thumbs up on the board. Oh, well, God bless him. <laughs> any, any special care for the beard? <laughs> well, you know, I actually, I, I went to the Marvel Summit in New York a few months ago, and it was yeah. a... It was the first time I realized uh, I got there and I didn't have a hairbrush, like I hadn't packed a hairbrush. Because yeah. I've been shaving my head for like 16 years now, so it's been a long time since I needed a hairbrush. Yeah. I hear you. You just throw that thing away. I got the same problem. Right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, now my beard's long enough that I, you know, you wake up in the morning and I've got like bed beard where it's just kind of all going all different directions. So I have to have a hairbrush to kind of straighten that out. Awesome. Uh, James Howlett says, first off, big fan of Wolverine Weapon X. Have not read the Punisher Max book. Obviously, Wolverine and Spider-Man require different sensibilities to write. Now that you've written Spider-Man to a greater extent, if the opportunity presents itself, is this a character that you'd enjoy writing an ongoing solo? We kind of hit that up, but you'd, you'd love to join the Webheads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have room for another ongoing right now. God knows. I'm, I'm busy enough, but... Yeah, I think I do have a few, uh, few, spider, few more Spider-Man stories. I mean... Uh, Viper asks, what's your favorite villains? Oh, favorite villains, that's a tough question. Uh, I love Doctor Doom. I, I'd, I'd love to do some more stuff with Doctor Doom. Um, you know, I'd love to do a, a Galactus story. I'd love to do some of the cosmic stuff. Um, but probably the guys, the characters I write right now, the one I'm having the most fun with is uh, Bullseye in Punisher Max. Uh, and that's, that's been a blast to just kind of, especially since it's a Max verse, I can go completely crazy with that character and take him to places, you know, he's never been before. So that's, that's been a lot of fun in a, in a very sick, twisted, uh, profane sort of way. <laughs> Any spider villains that you love, like uh, Green Goblin, Venom, anybody? I do. I, I you know, I love, I, I love the the gauntlet stuff they're doing and amazing right now and bringing all these guys back. Um, like I said, the, the Craven was a character I've always loved. Uh, uh, you know, now you've got the Craven family. I'd love to do something with the Rhino. Um, it's a great character, and you know, Doctor Octopus. Uh, it's a character, especially the, the the new stuff they've done with with Doc Ock. I think it's been great. Viper's other question is, uh, where does the idea for a creepy character like Doctor Rot come from? And we'll be seeing more of him in the future. Uh, yes, the, you will see more of him in the future, and. Uh, the idea just came from uh, needing a way to challenge Wolverine. And that it's hard to create characters who pose a threat to him physically uh, because 
uh, what can you do? You can beat on the guy forever, and he's just going to heal right back up. But uh, anybody can strike at him mentally. So to create a guy who's a, a very formidable foe for him mentally, who could really get under his skin, get in his psyche, and and you know really really mess him up, uh, that to me was really exciting and interesting. Uh, and yes, we there there's still a lot of plans for Doctor Rod, and he you know he's as you see at the end of that arc, he's out there. He's obviously up to something, and eventually we'll see exactly what that is. Uh, when will Ghost Rider return, and will he still be helming, or will you still be helming the character? No, I, I mean, I think I've, I've done my piece. And many thanks to writer Jason Aaron for taking time during the convention to talk to me. I really do appreciate it. That astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine book looks awesome. I'm going to pick it up. Now, if you'd like to check out some of Jason's past work, MailOrderComics.com has many of his comics and trade paperbacks. Now, one of the best is the Wolverine Weapon X Adamantium Men hardcover. Now, that one reprints the first five issues of Wolverine's new series, along with his old series, Wolverine number 73 and 74. Those issues have that great short story I was talking about during the interview that profiles a day in the life of Wolverine, and Spider-Man makes a few appearances in that story. The cover price for the trade, $24.99. Mail order has it for $15.49, which is 38% off the cover. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them the crawlspace sent you. Gang, we'll be back in a few weeks with the regular panel. As always, thanks for listening. For the SpiderManCrawlspace.com, I'm Brad Douglas.